another episode of the Strong Life Podcast with Kendra Jarrett. I actually have here Coach Kenny back by popular demand, much to my chagrin. People like you. That's annoying. Does anybody not like who doesn't like you and why? Andy, 27 years. <laughs> oh, just the one closest to you. person on the list. But it's a pretty good list because she's uh she's well versed in games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could see, like, I could see how somebody would be scared of you. Like, dude, you're, when you look up Penny Claiborne online and see your bio and your, your photo, your military photos, those are just like, I'm, I'm, I get it. Like I would stand at attention. <laughs> <laughs> I really would. It's funny. You know, I, I think, you know, in the army, you know, it's such, it's, it's such an environment with so many A type personalities that it becomes survival of the fittest at some point. And like every, like that's the environment where, where everyone eats their young, every single person. Like if you don't figure it out, you will be cast aside and left behind. Like no one's got time to carry the weak sister across the finish line. Like it's, it's a very competitive environment, especially yeah. in the environment that I was in as an infantryman. It's all at the time for 29 years of my army career, it was all males. Like there were no females in combat arms. We did not do that. So it was just, it was a very A-type personality. And if you were not able to, you know, be an aggressive go-getter, like you just didn't, you did not find a way to advance your career. Right. Period. Yeah. I should so you have been in the military. I always, I always feel like I would have done well there. Like I, but, but like, I kind of wanted to be a guy for a long time. Maybe this is another podcast topic. <laughs> Wait, what? No, I said it. I said what I said, but like, I always felt like I was such, I was a tomboy, obviously. And I always felt like I'm more like that. Like I'm more like that. I more feel like I think like that. Now, listen, I, I've, I always have had girlfriends. I don't have, I'm not like one of those women that's like, I just can't be friends with girls. Like I've always, I'm a girl's girl too. I love my girls, but there's something in me. That's like, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is for another time. You know what I'm saying? I do like when I, so here's the thing, like when you said that, like, I've never, I don't picture people in that light. I just don't think about it, but I think you would have done very well in the army or in the military in general, because I do see you as a type personality driven. You're someone that cares about the details. You're someone that cares about execution and all those things are super important. And then I think on the surface of what it is to be a guy like society tells you there's not a lot of drama or bullshit in that arena. There is, you just don't see it as much, I think. So I think, Oh, there, you know, Oh, there is. Yeah. I get it. Drama. Hey Mitch. No, I know. Yeah. yeah. Right. But it's just like, it seems it because listen, you know, you say you wanted to be a guy at some point, like, you know, I know what you mean there. You know I know what I mean. Yeah. Like, all the shit that I hear about, and again, excuse my language, it's kind of colorful for a podcast, but, um, you know, all the things about being a female, none of that turns me on. Like the cycles, the moodiness, what you guys go through with your bodies for pregnancy. And like, it's not easy being a lady. It's not, it's gotta be hard, right? It's gotta be tough. I'm not interested in dealing with any of that. 
Yeah, we're pretty damn persistent. And for like, even, even like, even women who are like, don't think of themselves as strong. It's like, if you just list like some of the things they've done with their physical bodies, mentally, it's like, so yeah, I mean, when I say that too, it's like, it's like, you know, I don't know, like maybe it is about there's no drama, there's no sensitivity. But now that I think about it, like I know plenty of guys where the drama is different, the sensitivity is different. Uh, but I think I offer a, a type, I, I can connect with a type of woman, like there's a type of woman that I understand, um, that understands me that and, and my mother was a lot like that too, like just real kind of, you know, she was is um tough so I think that I do associate that with like men even though that's not totally true so anyway there's probably so much to unpack there don't come for me people like don't come for me I'm just saying what I think don't at me. don't come for me they will come for me but there's a woman that I've been following on TikTok who like had this epiphany that she had been like living in her mouth and I that is not my thing I don't go down those paths but she started saying for example like I do this 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 and I was like oh my gosh I do that and she's so she's now on this mission to live in her feminine and I'm like oh and that is really interesting to me like because like she's like I used to walk into a room and be like what's up bros? Like, and I'm like, I feel like I might've done that last week and maybe I should try to like wear earrings and, you know, go a little. So I'm trying different things now because I think I'm exploring like a softer side of myself, but I still like my, the way I am coaching. I, well, I noticed that you've been doing this dress thing lately. You know, you, I, I didn't, I didn't see the genesis of it. I don't know why it started, but I assume this has something to do with it. <laughs> I like it, you know. Yes, like yes, because it's like it's like, and it's actually better for me. And like this whole idea that to be a woman means you wear a dress is bullshit. Like that is not what makes a woman a woman. I I I am in a shorts and t-shirt. That's my comfort zone. And for me, as a woman, like getting out and wearing a dress and feeling. Uh, a little more connected to that side of me has actually been really nice, you know? I bet Mitch appreciates it too, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. He does. You know, yeah. I wonder, you know, I, I think about, and this is way, it's, it's kind of off topic, but it's, it's kind of on, on point as well. Nothing is off topic. Well, you know, I wonder a lot of times like COVID, you know, I, I think about, and again, like me and Sandy have a great marriage. You know, we have things to work on like anybody else, but I think about, you know, COVID and how much we were on top of each other for a good portion of 18 months, two years. And like over that time, you know, our standards relaxed. And what I mean yeah. is like we dress, the amount of time we took to get ready for each other. And like both of us stayed in decent shape and took care of ourselves. But, you know, it became more and more commonplace to just see Sandy around the house all day in her pajamas, you know, and like I wouldn't yeah. shave as much. Like, right. Right. You know, like, right. I wonder how many marriages suffer from things like that you know we were on the back we're i mean hell we were married for 25 years at that point so for us it was no big deal but it does a little bit i think impact 
the way you see your spouse, right? Like you don't get to see them like dressing up as much, getting into the dress as much. You just get super comfortable with each other. And some of that mystique that kind of drove you to them in the first place kind of goes away, you know? And it's yeah. like, you got to work really hard to get it back. Yeah, I agree. It's been fun. I've told you this before, but like watching Mitch put in the work and get into great shape and follow through with those commitments he made. And then that is all part of kind of what we're talking about too, is like, and, and watching me make a little more of an effort for me because I want to be a little more in touch with that side of myself. And also like you're saying, I, I, I imagine that while on the one hand, it's my husband would never be like, Oh, uh, you got to dress up for me. He's not, he, he wouldn't like, he understands there's an emotion, emotional intelligence piece where you have to just like, let your partner go through whatever they're going through. But it is a bonus to, to dress up and go out together and do it for each other and do it, you know, like, cause it's, it, you kind of don't want to, it, you know what I mean? And so when you both do, it's like, you know, that there's effort there. hundred percent. Like me and Sandy have made it a thing recently to really dress alike still do date night and stuff and like you know put on nice clothes and it's been a thing yeah all right well we're headed down the right path but today we are gonna shoot the shit a little bit this is also gonna go on youtube so um those have been doing well so this one we're gonna go till probably try to keep this one to about an hour and let's okay. talk about the thing I've wanted to talk about for so long, which is I've kind of wanted to process my own bodybuilding show experience. And I thought it would be cool for us to do that here since you have that experience and just kind of talk about the, <laughs> it's really what I love and hate about bodybuilding. And um, what was funny, because I was writing down what I love and hate is it was like, it was basically like the same thing. Like what I love is what I hate. What I love is what I hate. What I love is what I hate. And uh, I thought that was kind of interesting about the sport of bodybuilding. And I wanted to dig in a little bit with you because you have had such a history. And like me, it's been over 40. It, it didn't start in our 20s. Yeah, no, I'm in the same place. Like I didn't start. And, you know, a lot of people in my think that the interesting thing that I've noticed about this journey in my community is that it's almost the ladies that always go first. Like mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it's the ladies that lead by example when it comes to fitness in my experience. And I'm, in, I'm, I'm no different. And so in my relationship, you know, I had to stay fit for the army. But outside of that, I was uninterested in fitness until, I mean, as a, as a, as something I truly love to do until Sandy one day said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing a bodybuilding competition. What do you think? And I was like, well, that sounds kind of cool. I'll do it with you. Like really. I guess very, I didn't know that. Okay. It wasn't me. Like I wasn't chasing this thing down. I was perfectly happy being Mr. Average, like do army PT and like do my job, stay fit for my job. But like, I wasn't at all interested in like physique building or nutrition or nutrition science, or I, it wasn't my jam. I was just all about what it took to do my job as an infantryman. And then Sandy's like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And I said, Hey, that sounds kind of fun. I'll do it with you. You know, really more out of support than being interested. And I fell in love with it. So. Okay. So 
how old were you when you did your first show? So that would have been 2013, 2014. So 42, 41, 42. Okay. So you were in your 40s and Sandy did it too. She did yep. figure, right? Right. The, for hers. All right. Has she only done the one? No, she's done like four or five, but her first okay. was. Okay. Her first was what? Her best. Her best. And we can get talking. Okay. Yeah, right. You keep cutting out. I'm not sure why. I don't know. But we can talk about that for sure if you want, like why it was her best. I mean, we can dialogue. We probably we, we, we probably will. Sandy, does she need to come in here? No, you'll speak on. I know. Yeah, I know the dynamic there. So, okay. So you did your first one in your 40s. And what, like you loved it. What what did you love about it? And I, then I'll share mine. Like, what was your, ah, uh, yes. So I think the number one thing that I loved about bodybuilding in the first place was the fact, the fact that it gave me a specific goal, a specific thing to shoot for, a specific reason to stay on track and execute a plan. I'm a very much a checkmarked person. When I put a goal on the wall, I need to have measurables to get after it. So following things like a meal plan, structured workout plan, comparing data, like I'm a geek about that stuff. And like when you're in bodybuilding, to be a good bodybuilder, you have to have consistency. And if you do consistency correctly, that gives you data points that will enable you to look at it and improve on your performance as you go. And for me, that was a game changer for me. Like being able to see something, make a plan to improve it, and then seeing that improvement, and then always reassessing, always reevaluating that. Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, super, super fun. And I think I want to clarify too for people listening. Um, number one is bodybuilding is a sport, but it is not about health and fitness. And I think we can all agree that bodybuilding isn't like, I sometimes think like people who come into my group or your group, I'm sure want to get leaner. You're not, if you're already fit and you have a great active lifestyle, like you, for example, you didn't get healthier, like through your, you know what I mean? Like you may have changed your body composition, but you didn't just like, you didn't get healthier because you started bodybuilding. When you decide you want to bodybuild, you are moving into a total physique goal. This is how you look. And that isn't related to your health necessarily. So it's like you kind of step out of healthy fitness lifestyle into a sport that takes you to another level of discipline, uh, control to some extent, super clear focus goal you, it just, it is a, it skyrockets you into kind of another level of uh, this whole game that we see out there in terms of what it takes to change your physique. I mean, the extremes, Kendra, oh. are crazy. So, you know, we, we talk all the time about like helping people with nutrition and things like that. And like, I haven't had the conversation one time in the last year, in the last two years, about people tracking things like gum or Mentos. Like, it's just not- <laughs> Right, right, right. But like for bodybuilding, like, bro, like, did you really have a Tic Tac? 
Like, really? Right. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the yeah, No, right, 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 right. But, like, people, yes. But people, people, it's funny because people don't understand that, like, like, a TikTok, a TikTok matters in bodybuilding. Like, like it, it, all of those things start to make, start to make a difference. And that's why it's like, it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. And yeah. And like, and to be totally fair to this conversation, the first time I did it, I was not uber competitive. It was more, and I, and I think this is important, right? Because there's a difference in doing a bucket list you know, bodybuilding competition and like competing, like there's a big difference, you know, and I did it initially, like I said, to support Sandy. So like, I kind of wandered through it the first time, not really hundred percent sure if I was going to like it. I, I mean, I, I had fun doing it, but the goal was never to win. The goal was just to like do something I'd never done before, which I did, but I even had a lot to learn after that first show for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. So we both like, there's nothing like the discipline and the focus goal and the data around bodybuilding and getting. So when we talk about bodybuilding, also like the type of training that I do now is bodybuilding. It's that's what it is. Traditional lifting, bodybuilding. I think about things like you know, the way uh, I think about building muscle, I think about changing my physique, I think about building my strength, but also I think about um, improvements on areas of my physique. And that's what bodybuilding is. Um, prepping for a bodybuilding show to those who are listening, when you hear somebody talk about a prep, that's that is a, you know, three to probably five month process where you are dieting, and and you're and you're dieting. You're saying the words dieting. I'm I'm dieting. You're not like it's a lifestyle. You're like it is not a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, but it's not it's not a sustainable thing. You're not even trying to sustain that necessarily, especially after your show. But the for me, like I just absolutely loved the whole prep process. I just I just felt like completely dialed in clear about the goals there was there it, it took every if there was ever any gray area with my diet all of that was gone it was it just do this and the results happen and we say the same thing to our people but it's kind of similar in a way if you if you ask me like what what it takes for somebody to like win an eight-week challenge is a similar prep mindset. Like it, there are many similarities there. Well, don't get me wrong, Kendra, you know, I've, I've had a few winners of some of these challenges and like the people who win, like they execute with that type of a mindset. Like they're not, goal isn't bodybuilding lean, but they execute their nutrition and their fitness as if they were doing a prep. And that's like, they don't, and I can't understate this enough. You know, there's people that come and go all the time. They come to me, they want to win challenges. And I'm just like, you don't get it, bro. Like you're a weekend and you've already, you've already messed up three days on your macros. Like you're not, this is not how this works. Yeah. Like, right. Right. 
are typically the people who come to me aren't people who've never seen a macro before or you know like those people who win have a little bit of knowledge probably a little bit of muscle from a previous life they're just not living any longer and they start executing right away and for eight weeks for eight weeks execute consistently like a bodybuilder would yeah it is it, it does look like it does look like prep like it's just they stop before they get to the point where they're losing their hair and getting depressed and most most of the time you know like and all the side effects kick in and certainly but yeah the the same thing with my people who reach their goals like most effectively are it doesn't take a month to get the hang of it there's not a lot of excuses about they're just sort of boom ready to go and i loved that like if you told me to i mean shit there's nothing like being like you're going to be in a thong and heels on a stage and blast it all over social media. Like, I will follow a diet, trust me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the consequence is too great. Well, I think that's the difference in what we do in our real jobs as, you know, nutrition coaches, lifestyle coaches. Like, we tell people all the time, like, the goal here isn't to, like, judge yourself against mm -hmm. other people. Like, that's the difference, I think, right? Like, we're literally, as a bodybuilder, you're saying, judge me. Like, yeah. I want know what you think about my physique against these other 32 girls or guys right like you're asking for that like it's not a maybe it will happen like it's the point right so you're right. literally saying well I mean it's like it's crazy there's 32 people on stage with you or however many you go out there with you know I'm just throwing a number out there but you're saying like okay you've got to have the best physique out of 32 people and oh by the way if not second place is like the first place loser right like i don't know how you look at it but <laughs> literally setting yourself up for failure in a lot of these situations you know okay well that could be a downside i mean like okay so for me i think it was my age how i went into it the perspective i had um i think if somebody had said to me because i i was like eight out of 16 or something like that and I think if somebody had, had judged me on my work ethic, that would have bothered me more than judging me on my physique. Cause it was fair. Like I felt like the judging was fair. I was like, yeah, I can see that, you know? But if you had said to me, but if I had took that to a next level and felt like somebody was like, you didn't work hard enough, I would have been like, you know, th then I would have been like out for blood because I did I like I worked as hard as I could have possibly worked for that show but some people take that as a big hit like a big blow um and it's so subjective that's the thing I about the sport that's so strange to me it's like the subjective nature of coaching or uh, of judging you know yeah. And I think that, you know, I think it comes down to reality too, like expectations and reality. Like, so even for you, right. like my first show, like I totally went into it with not enough muscle from beginning when I started, like I hadn't worked hard enough or long enough before I even thought about entering a competition to do well. I mean, like you're competing against people who've been making this their life for years and years and years, and they've developed muscle. They look differently. They've been through preps. They understand the deal. Like, so you're kind of up against it from the beginning. It takes an exceptional physique to win your first show out. Um, and I wasn't ready for sure. Um, and I think when I look back at all the shows I ever did, um, I've, I've never been mad about how I placed. Um, you know, I, I think when you're honest with yourself, like 
you know, there's people out there that have some amazing physiques and you can't just expect for that to happen. Like work yeah, ethic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Work ethic doesn't always equal results, right? Because if you've been working really hard for 16 weeks and they've been working really hard for three years, like you know, it's a difference. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think some of the things that were hard for me were objective feedback about like uh not or subjective feedback like not having enough muscle i was like screw you i have plenty of muscle but like but like in the sport i'm and i'm like how much more muscle can i get like i i can't like and that is the true <laughs> the true thing is we have the ultimate potential right like like because and every the other thing is like everybody in your circles like oh you're gonna win and and you're like yeah you know probably you're thinking that and then you get there and you're like Oop. like I went to a big show in New Jersey like there was a lot of competition it wasn't a natural show which is fine but I felt like I was like pretty happy to be up there like I was pretty damn proud of myself and that's what I loved about it was like you can look at bodybuilding I caught a lot of shit for that show because number one it went against the grain of what I coach Number two, people were not used to seeing me that lean and it freaked them out. Uh, number three, I think people just honestly, like, I don't, the other part of me was like, why do you care? Who cares what I do? But it was a mixed message for people, even though I like tried to explain it ad nauseum, like why I'm doing this. But I was so freaking proud of myself. Like I got up there and I know, and I felt like, I had worked so hard and I had done everything I could do that it didn't really matter how I placed. And then when I got my place, I was really true to that. I wasn't like, I should have, I was like, I said, I didn't care and I don't. And I think I could, and I had so many great people telling me like you and you know, uh, Natalie and like some of my friends being like, it's just you versus you. Remember, it's just you versus you. And that really stuck with me. And I, I loved it. I loved it. Not so much show day. That was show day kind of sucked. That's on my downside, but. Yeah, no, I mean, you did look amazing. Your physique looked great. I, mean, I thought you, I, I personally thought you, I, I know how hard you worked and I know how hard you, um, we talked a lot. You know, we and, talked a lot. Yeah. I yeah. know what you did nutritionally. I know where you were at towards the end. And um, I know how hard you worked in the gym. So I, I agree. Like, I, you did everything you could have done. Like, you squeezed every bit of toothpaste out of that tube. So. <laughs> there was nothing more. Yeah. yeah. But I also felt like the other thing I loved about it was that um, I can look at any competitor now. Like, uh who gets to that point and I have such respect for them. Cause I know like you can't fake getting that lean. Like it, you can't bullshit that you have, you had to have so much discipline and be so uncomfortable so many times for over such a long period of time that when I see that, I'm just like, I'm, I'm always impressed. You know, and, and that's, but that's the twisted nature of this sport is like way to starve yourself, like way to excessively undereat and overexercise. Good job. But like, that's, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just have mad respect for people. 
Yeah, and I think it's hard. It is hard. And I think when you peel it back and you start thinking, you start trying to separate categories and you start thinking about natural competitors and, you know, all that kind of stuff. When you do this as a natural competitor, it is extremely taxing on your physique. It's taxing. Yeah. Say that it's not hard for someone who's not natural, but when you do it naturally, it does break you off in a different way. Um, and, And I guess, to be honest, I don't have any other perspective. I've never done it unnaturally, but I can just tell you that a lot of my friends who compete over and over again, who are not natural, they don't experience the same things that I experienced. Um, the recovery is better, it's faster. Um, you know, it's just, it takes a toll on your body. It for sure does. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost a case for, uh, you know, performance enhancement to some extent like especially if you're not going to do it for 20 years like I know the exposure is bad but it's almost like it's almost I I totally agree I had had a good friend prepping who was enhanced and uh it just it her results obviously like we both worked hard no doubt there's no doubt but her results happened faster and her ability to maintain her muscle mass was much greater than mine because of the enhancement and her caloric deficit wasn't quite the extreme and the the cardio didn't have to be there quite that so the taxing on the body now she had the downside of the enhancement and who knows what that does but um that was that was interesting to be prepping with somebody who was who was not natural it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, I, I don't care anymore. I used to have a thought about it. Now I'm like, I don't care. You do what you want. You want to, you want to be enhanced. I, I really don't care. Like it's, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Thousand percent. I'm with you. Yeah. Like anybody who wants to, you know, be enhanced and do bodybuilding shows and like pursue that. I think it's really cool. Like if that's what you want to do, yeah. it's up to your body. You decide what you want to do. I totally get it because trust me, as someone who really got into this for a few years in a row, like it goes to your mind. You consider it like maybe I should, like if I'm going to do this, maybe I should. Now I never went there, but you know, unless, unless you have a very special physique and you're able to build a very special physique naturally, which isn't going to happen for most people starting at 42. Typically those people have been doing this for a long, long time and developed a lot of natural muscle over a long period of time. It's tough, you know, it's tough. And I, and I tell you, like, you know, when you, when you really have dreams of getting better at this, you start, your mind starts to wonder a little bit, right? Like maybe I should do this, you know? And then I think, you know, yeah. got to talk yourself off the ledge for me it wasn't something I was willing to do ultimately but my mind definitely went there a few times yeah I could see that especially like um were you in OCB was that no I was in WMBF oh um, yeah 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 natural. yeah but yeah. I did it shows and that was yeah, the, yeah. I, I considered it because yeah I would go to a to a, a bigger show and get on stage and like you know there'd be like 30 35 40 guys in my class npc and like you i would get like 16 but i only got 16 because everyone like after 16 is 16 right they stopped giving you placements after so deep so like <laughs> right. i was getting, 
I was just getting my ass handed to me by physiques that were much better than mine. Like I really right. honestly had no business being on those stages with those athletes. It just wasn't, it wasn't even a good competition. Like right. I had, I enjoyed it, but ultimately it was not, it was not a good thing for me. Right. <clears throat> well, the other thing that I think, um, I don't, the other thing I think is that for me as a coach, Getting to that level of leanness and doing what it takes gave me such an incredible perspective. Like, like I have people now that are trying to get that last five pounds, you know, you know, the last five pounds, right? And the last five pounds are the thing that <clears throat> they would have to twist themselves into a pretzel to get and go into a little bit of prep mode where now the calories are crazy low. The work, the output is probably pretty high and we got to get you to shredded. I can tell somebody what it's going to take now. Like I know what it's going to feel like probably and the sustainability factor. I know that it's going to, there's going to be a rebound that we're need to going to need to consider and potential weight gain after. So like, and I can talk about what that experience could be like in a way I couldn't, I couldn't have before I got to the level of leanness that I did with the show. Yeah. You, you see the train wreck coming now, you know, you it's see like... it. Yeah. And the other thing is now I feel like I can see, I can really see um, how, what we see on social media, while it looks attainable, isn't, necessarily attainable you know like and and I, I I mean I always knew that but like in my heart and now I like know that in my soul that that a lot of the physiques that we see are enhanced in fact yeah even out there on social media just normal people and um we can't really tell who is and who isn't so we can't really accuse anybody of that but the reality of what it takes to get there and stay there is a whole other level of, you know, commitment to the lifestyle. And that's, that's important for people to understand, I think, you know? I think also, Kendra, you know, when, when people get that close. So I think it's, it's really important. And, and I don't know how you were coached. So I don't, you know, I might, I might say something differently than you experienced. But if I have someone and that's their intent, they don't understand going into this, how much control I need of their life. Like, if <laughs> right, you, right. It's not like, you know, I say, okay, well, here's your macros. Good luck. Like, that's not how this works. Like, okay, here are your macros. These are your pre-workout meal macros. These are your post-workout meal macros. These are your macros for the remaining meals of your day. These are foods we should eat. These are foods we shouldn't eat. Oh, by the way, you will do this much cardio with this much intensity this many nights a week. You will not deviate from that because it's <laughs> made for a purpose, right? Like if I want to peel off this many more pounds, I might ask you to start doing 17 extra more minutes of cardio on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. <laughs> right. like, people don't understand the amount of detail that I need no. as a coach there so when they get down to that last four or five pounds like 
it can become a daily conversation with your coach on what you have to do to be successful. Wait. It's so that it's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's taking me back to prep where uh, you get to two check-ins a week. You have a spreadsheet outside of your, uh, you know, app. You are uh, every day. Your coach could say, "Okay, ninety minutes of cardio Saturday and Sunday," and you're not like, "Oh, uh, I'm traveling. Sorry." Or you're not like, oh, "I have my kids' baseball game." You there is no deviation. It's so true. It's so true. And that can't happen for somebody who's just trying to change their lifestyle. But I'll tell you who does that. The people who win the challenges are much more, they're behaving a lot more like that. Like they're not missing workouts. They're not missing cardio, but that, that is the truth. Like you, man, I'm like having like a reaction here. Cause I'm thinking about how Lauren would be like, it's Thursday and she's like, I need you to do a hundred and I don't know, it was like 120 more minutes of cardio through the weekend, figure out how you want to do it. And I'm not like, how do I do that? And, and by the way, mom, you know, professional, um, wife, like I got it. Like you want to do this, but you're going to have to sacrifice that personal shit to do this because this is ultimately your goal right now. So right. sleep is going to suffer your relationship with your husband's going to suffer all that time you're spending out with your friends on Friday and Saturday night. That's probably not a thing anymore. No. Like it, it totally, it can impact your life in so many ways. So I put the thing I hated about it, but also secretly loved is the isolation. Cause I can do that. I can, I can introvert and isolate. And that was a really good excuse for me to do that. And I could, I could, I could have easily seen myself just on this repeat, um, to the point where I was like, okay, maybe I'll live alone and nobody will ever, like, I got that. That's how much, that's how addicted to the process I got. Dude, it was bad, but it was so good. And I would do it again. Yeah. Mitch I think would probably leave me, but he would probably leave me. <laughs> I, I tell you like I love the sport I, I really do like people ask me all the time are you gonna do it again like every so first of all if you're listening to this podcast if you don't want to do a bodybuilding competition if that's something you've never wanted to do my best advice to you is to never go watch one because once <laughs> you, watch, because you once, think so once you walk into the auditorium and you sit down and you watch the bodybuilders go on and off stage, the thought process creeps into your mind. I could do that. Like, I want to do that. Like, and it doesn't matter how accomplished you are as an athlete. Like everybody that goes in there, including myself, even at this point in my life, who's done these things, when I go and watch my clients compete now, I'm like, man, I got to get back up there. But then within 30 minutes of leaving, I'm like, all right, I don't want to do that. Like, it's just, I don't, and not because I don't love the process because. It's the smell of the spray tan, isn't it? It's the. By the way, uh, spoiler alert, if you've never done a bodybuilding competition before and you're modest, it's probably not the sport for it's you. It's probably not the sport for you. It's definitely <laughs> not the sport for you. I'm going to be backstage, um, tanning. 
and naked with a bunch of other human beings that aren't yeah. your sex. And they're gonna, hold up, they're gonna hold up some papers that like make you think that you're separate from other people, but they can all see your stuff. So just be ready. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Oh god. Well, actually, the first bodybuilding show I went to was like a total turnoff, but then I couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. So either way, it was the back pose for me, the back pose. I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Back pose. I'm not doing that. And then, and then once I started seeing the sport for what it was, like the back pose isn't a sexual pose. Like that's not what it is. It's like, it, I mean, maybe some people are looking at it like that, but once I went to a show and really was looking at like the glute hamstring tie-in, I was like, oh, it's nothing. That's no big deal. And then I'm like, well, now I'm in the, now I'm all twisted like the rest of them. And I'm starting to see things like, like, you know what I mean? Like when you step into the bodybuilding world, the bikini back pose makes sense. When you step out of the bodybuilding world, the bikini back pose is horrifying. And so like my people watching me, bikini back pose, horrified mother horrified <laughs> like brother not gonna watch it the bodybuilding people it's 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 no big deal and I kind of liked that like I kind of liked that no big deal like this is what I've worked for these are the glute tie-ins I don't know it's kind of like I can see both sides even even for me like as a male being backstage at a competition where there's I shows do a pretty good job of trying to keep, you know, people's twigs and berries to themselves, but ultimately it's, it's a pretty, it's, it's a pretty um, exposed for sure. And, um, you know, if you're that kind of person, like you're going to get over it really fast. Um, you know, like, I, I don't even like, honestly, like my time in bodybuilding changed the way I look at physiques, like yeah. even look at people like that was never a thing like when you're backstage it's not about like oh she's good looking like you're all just trying to survive the show like that's well, it. you're like, all you're all freaking starving okay let's be honest like <laughs> everyone's just thinking about food but back to your point about the pose, like kendra like i think that that particular pose i think the reason why people are so creeped out about it is because i i think that pose is oftentimes not executed correctly oh right I, I think it's, I, I think it's yeah. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're through yeah it's like yes totally totally completely it's totally like you said it's part of the deal but like some people aren't coached that way and I think that's what gives that pose in particular such a bad rap you know well I'd also say um how people get into the pose is like come on like seriously, like we don't need all the the like the you know tail wagging here. Just like get into the pose. And my coach was all about like you keep that shit all business. You get yeah. into the pose and you get out of the pose. You're you're not like we're not like swaggering into it. And that that's the stuff where you're like, all right, you know. Um, I think that's where the bikini division has gone sideways to some extent, and definitely wellness. But like. You know, but that's, I don't, I don't, I didn't have to be like that. But yeah, like I, I get the, which, which uh, I think, I get it. I think 
point though, Kendra, like if we're going to have this conversation, I think one thing that you could probably talk about as a female is how do you choose your coach? Like, do you have some thoughts on that? I do. Yeah. Is that something um, yeah. Okay. So if I were going to choose a coach, um, well, you know, sometimes you just got to start with someone to know what's good and what's not like you, you wouldn't, wouldn't even be able to assess necessarily. Um, you don't really know until you start working with a coach. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I know the popular thing right now are these big teams and um, there's a lot of them out there. And I think I got lucky with Lauren cause I already knew her. We had been working together on some lifestyle stuff. I was like, I don't think I'm going to do a show. I don't think I'm, I don't think I would do that. And then I was like, I'm, I, I definitely want to do this. Like I've wanted to do it. I've been a fan of bodybuilding since I was 23. Like I'm, I want to do this. I want to try this. So she focuses on macros. I'm not sure that's totally, I think if I did it again, I'd probably go meal plan. Um, I didn't want to make any decisions. I, I didn't want to have to pick portions. Just that was a case where it's like, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. Yeah, I was um, totally I started with somebody who did meal plans and I transitioned to someone who did macros. And yeah. It's funny. I appreciated it so much. Like it sounds awesome to just be told what to eat, but I, I will tell you like around week 12, like there's only so many egg whites and oatmeal <laughs> and asparagus. Well, like, we, we ended up compromising and I kind of created a meal for, plan for myself since I had that skill. First of all, I did not want to know how many calories I was taking in every day. That was freaking me out. I knew I was below my basal metabolic rate. I knew my output was way too high. I knew I was eating into lean muscle tissue. And so those were the things that were going against everything I coach. So <laughs> it was like, it, that was a hard thing for me. And I didn't want to have to think about that. But I understood that to get, I, I, I was going to need to push. But the most important thing about Lauren is the focus, even in a prep on mental health and recovery. Yes. So Lauren and I were talking about recovery four months, like, or one month into prep. Lauren and I were talking about the potential issues of the rebound and weight gain three weeks before I stepped on stage. So I was ready for the shit storm that did definitely happen. Yeah. And I think, you know, from my point of view, when it comes to choosing a coach, you know, I think reputation matters, right? Yeah. I, I, you know, some of those bigger teams that you mentioned, they, I, I personally think that those teams are so successful most of the time because those coaches have been successful and a lot of the people they put on their teams are referrals, right? And which is a good thing. I think I'm, I'm all about referrals in this industry because if someone trusts, if you trust someone enough, to refer them to your family and friends, like typically that's a good thing, you know? So these coaches, they do a good job of putting a bunch of people on stage. And I think that's a great thing. Number two, I can just tell you from personal experience, like don't let price drive you to choose a coach. Like, Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. And I'm not saying that every high price coach is going to get you to where you want to go, but I can tell you from personal experience, you know, I did a lot of in the beginning, like 
what can I get, you know, for a hundred bucks a month, which ain't much. And then eventually my last show that I did and the best I ever looked and I like national coach, you know, I, I paid really good money. And like, if people want to know, it was like 1300 bucks for a 12 week prep. It was a lot of yeah. money, yeah. but, but I got that kind of, I got the kind yeah. of results. I got something I had never achieved before and it was well worth the money to me. Whereas in the past I had picked based on price and I had picked poorly and it, yeah. it showed. So money is definitely something you should not vote solely alone on. See, you probably have more experience since you've done more shows. How you pick a prep coach is a great question because I like that reputation referrals. Of course, ask somebody in the bit, ask me, ask Kenny, if you want to do that, Kenny does some prep. I'm I'm getting certified to do uh, prep through NASM. Be interesting. I'd love to take somebody through it. I couldn't. I wouldn't develop a whole team. But um, but yeah, and then price for sure, for sure. I mean, you got to pay for that experience, and anybody who has it. Because and, and it's worth it, right? Like Lauren was with me every single day for the last couple of weeks. Like it shoot, it wasn't just like, you know, it was not willy-nilly. And she had to deal with some issues I had, like emotionally, and that I didn't really realize now, like, wow, there I had doubt. I was a had to trust the process as a coach. I thought I knew more than I did. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't the easiest ever. I I always said, I'll do what you tell me, but I also had a lot of questions because I'm a coach. Well, because you're not in it just for the prep. You're also in it for the why so that you can have the information that goes along with it so that you can True. use it. Team Strong Life, you know, like yeah. important. So like I was the same way. And that's why when I hired my last coach, I told that guy, I was like, hey, look, man, I'm going to be asking a lot of questions. Like, this is part of my business. Like I'm, I'm paying you for this prep, but I'm also paying you to learn how you do business because I want to emulate some of those things. I want to use some of those things sparingly, of course, and how I do my business. And, you know, ultimately, you know, someone like Lauren, uh, you can't, uh, you just, you cannot pay them enough for their experience. If you're truly taking um, the, this, this journey seriously, you just can't yeah. like, yeah. Their, their expertise is invaluable. You can't pay them enough, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. 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 So don't don't price shop for this. But I think the 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 beauty of the prep process is is very similar for both of us, right? Like like it feels good to be that dialed in. It feels good to see weekly progress like that, or at least every couple of you know what I mean? Like it's coming. It's 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 the process and the changes are incredible. Um, the downsides, uh, I would say the obsessive nature and the way that impacts the relationship. I would say the isolation, uh, the obviously the restriction and the extreme hit of performance in the gym because you're no longer eating. You're eating for totally physique nothing to do with the performance. So I, I think my my weight choices dropped by 50%, dude. I was like out bicep curling fives and I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna die. <laughs> can I tell you, it was just a funny, just can I make a funny Please. comment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, 
I'll be working with a lifestyle client who's a female, 2,100 calories, right? And, you know, we'll get to a legitimate plateau, you know, and I'll be like, hey, let's make an adjustment to your to your macros and, you know, whatever I think is appropriate. Let's just say 5% or 10% overall calories, whatever. So we'll drop them, say 100 and, 105, 210 calories, depending on what that percentage would be. But it's so funny. And then like week one, like two days in, they're like, oh, I can so tell a difference. I'm so tired. I'm like, bro, you have no idea. You're, <laughs> you have no idea. You're just upset because you don't get your extra time. <laughs> right. <laughs> not feeling this yet all right so you're not there like let's stop <laughs> wanting right now you're just bitching and moaning you know embrace this <laughs> you know, seriously yeah, right 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 yeah you're like you you really want to go a car like that's that is a thing to like when you are prepping and you're working with a coach i think the worst thing you can do is complain I think you have to catch yourself and find the silver lining because you freaking signed up for this. Yes. Like nobody dragged you and clocked you over the head, handcuffed you and dragged you into the app or into a prep. And I would tell myself that all the time, like you chose to do this. So if I was like, I'm tired, I would say like, but I understand that's part of the process. And there's so much to learn about yourself. Like when you take food out of the equation as your crutch for everything and like social events and all of that, I mean, let's forget the last four weeks. Okay. That's ridiculous. Like 45 carbs, <laughs> excessive cardio, but like for most of the prep, that's not what you're doing. Right. You're slowly kind of turning up the, you know, uh, the screw a little bit and, um, it can be an incredibly rewarding thing, but if you're going to complain the whole way through, you, you'll, you'll hate it. And I, I, I think even for the eight week challenges, you got to like figure out how to, how to like get excited because you chose this for yourself, you know? No, I look every, even for lifestyle clients, you, yeah. you know, I believe like when you get a message in the app or from your client and there's like this like boohoo woe is me like whatever it is food their personal life like i'm like listen man like you you asked for this like let's not let's not complain about it instead let's figure it out you know like instead of coming to me with a problem how about you sit down and you come to me with what the issue is and possibly what you can do about it in your life to make it all work instead of me trying to figure out your problems like let's figure this out by you starting the conversation like let's have you get us in the right frame of mind like with the bodybuilding like if you start something like that and your intent is to complain you're going to be absolutely miserable like there's no time for boohoo there's no time for woe is me there's no time for a one-week setback like i don't know you can't it, you're not Sure. If you're a lifestyle client and the goal is the rest of your life, you have a bad week. It's not the end of the day, right? We're going to get back on track and we'll keep making progress. But if you're in a 16 week prep and you give up a week, you're probably not going to make it to where you need to be. That's the bottom you line. You literally, yeah, you literally won't. Yeah. I, I think one of the reasons I want to do it again is because I feel like I could do so much better too the second time. Like I, I, I feel like I, 
I had hard weeks and I think I would, but now I know that I know the cost that those had on my prep and ultimately like confidence. Um, and I think the rebound could be a little bit better too, but I don't know, man, you'd have to tell me, cause is that the lie? Is that the ultimate thing that gets you sucked back in? You're like, I know I could do a better job into the second show, third show, but it's like, I kind of want a chance to do it again. I think, I think the biggest lie in bodybuilding, this, and this is my, this is my take. Like there's probably a lot of people that won't agree with this and I'll probably get a lot of hate from it from my bodybuilding friends. But I think the biggest mistake and the biggest lie in bodybuilding are coaches who will coach clients back to back to back shows. At the oh, same for sure. Yeah. You know, they'll compete in April and then they'll compete again in the fall. Like that's not enough time in between competitions for your body to recover and reset and for you to actually have growth, right? And like have a growth off season. And I think a lot of times, you know, it's what it is, is like, and again, I'm probably gonna get some hate for this, but like, you know, when it's a coach's job, like he gets paid to put you on stage and you come to that person, here, her, he or her, and they're like, hey, you want to compete again in the fall? I know you just competed. Like for me, my conversation is like, Hey, look, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to take your money. Like, why don't we go through a really good um, improvement season? Let's give us some time before we compete again. So you can beat your last package because you know, I, I think too many times it's driven by money. Like, yeah, let's, let's, we'll do it again. We'll run it back. So they reverse them out of their macros for, you know, a month or two. And then five seconds. Right yeah. And like, they're just killing themselves. You know, it's, so, it's interesting. Okay. So to that point, right. I was going to compete again this fall. I competed last fall. I was going to compete again this fall or this summer. There's a nationals. Now that I, once I made the decision not to, and I'm here four months post-show, I can't, and I, I feel honestly that I'm only recovering now. Like, like about that? Yes, 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 yes. I'm off. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But you can't, right. But, but yeah, you said that. And I, I could, so, so even now, right. We put, we have an eight week challenge and I was going to do a cut. And it's so interesting because if you, I am so in tune with my body and my psychology, by the way, that's not just about like your physical body. It's like, it's like your brain. And I can, I can tell that I'm not really ready. And one thing I decided is I wouldn't go into a cut. I don't think unless I'm because, because the, the problem with going into a half-ass cut is that you're going to be doing, we've talked about this before, it's going to feel like you're doing all the work, but you're not, and you're not going to get the results, but it's frustrating just as if you're in a cut and you're like, I don't know why I'm not getting results. That's a half-ass cut. And I don't think I would go into it like that. And I could kind of feel myself feeling like, I don't know if I have what it takes to cut right now. Um and so my point there is I cannot imagine prepping again when I'm only starting to recover after four months. I don't think people realize how important that recovery is that you're talking about. 
so important. And look, I'm I'm not speaking to this like I'm an I don't want to position myself as someone that's that's talking about this because I've seen it. I, I'm talking about it because I've experienced it. Like I've done that. I've chased shows before in each and every time my physique paid a price. Like I was never better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never felt better. I'm pretty sure I permanently damaged my hormones. Right. Yeah. I yeah. never I've never recovered from my time yeah. as a physique competitor. I have not recovered. I can tell you that hundred yeah. percent. Still. Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause I, I can, uh, having been through this cycle, I can see that. And I see the addiction to that level of leanness. Like, like the problem, this is one of my downsides is that once you get that lean, you are chasing that level of leanness whether you're actively dieting or not, you sort of want to get back to that. For me anyway, it's like, oh, that was, that felt so good. Um, but that your body takes such a hit. So let me ask you, did it feel that good? No, sorry. No, 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 no. I just, I was like, I was, I loved ha being like that vascular and that like, just, you know, where people like come up to you and they're like, whoa, like, Ain't nobody coming up to me. Well, no, some every once in a while they'll be like muscle girl, you know. But like yeah. you're you're like, it's like, whoa. And yeah. um it, you know, everyone's like checking in on you. And as soon as your show's over, nobody gives a shit. Nobody's like, how you doing? Like nobody cares. But when you're prepping, like people like in my community are so interested and curious, like, how you feeling? Wow, you know. <laughs> And then you rebound, you blow up like a tick, and they're like, there's that girl who did that show. <laughs> well, and I think, too, you know, you've got, you've probably got equal parts of people that are interested in your prep, right? you got people that are truly inquisitive and supporting you, and you have the other part, the oh, other yeah. half, that wants you fail. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lots want, of that. Yeah. You know, so your people in Team Strong Life, they're amazing people. I'm sure I've had a chance to talk to some of them. It's always been a good thing, right? If they come to me, like in any certain way, it's just because they're proud to be a part of team strong life. And they want to just talk about, you know, we're going to trash team playborn, which is cool. <laughs> I, love, I love that this because I love. Yeah, of course. Right. The reason why they do that is because they have such pride for what you've created. Same thing for yeah. my people. Love yeah. But still, you know, like even in your community, like your prep was a microcosm of what you put them through all the time. So like, mm -hmm. you know, they, when you were going through your prep, if you had a misstep, they were like, oh, see, like you too. Like, you know, you mess up too, Kendra, you know, like yeah. they want to see you. There's some people there watching to see if you're going to step out of line, just like you get on them for, you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I've said this before. I don't know if this woman will watch or listen, but I got a message, you know, she's like, I can't keep following you. I have to take a break. Um, you know, and I can't even tell you my reaction to that. It's not appropriate. Um, of course I'm going to say, Hey, do what you got to do. But number one, I wouldn't have known if you stopped following me. Right. So you're just trying to make me feel like shit. Number two, like if you're triggered, you just just unfollow people. Stop following that, me included. 
but like to to like tell me as a grown woman you know what's uh bothering you about me is totally out of line in my opinion that's in my opinion like so i definitely had some extreme reaction to this and some people who sort of were like explain yourself and i did i i took everybody through the prep all my thoughts my feelings and i didn't have to do that i don't owe that to anybody but i took people through that respectfully because i understood some people might be confused and now they've seen me on the other side it's still me i'm still talking about strength i'm still talking about health but should i choose to take my body through another show that is still my decision and you can follow me or not and i think it's important for people to see a healthy uh rebound a healthy reverse it's, it's i mix it it and, and and i always feel like if you don't like somebody even if it's me and i and you go from liking me and then i turn you off you don't have to follow along i get that you know yeah but i mean and ultimately like that says way more about in my opinion, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And my team, my team, probably like your team, I think my team, 99.9% .9 of them will root for me. And <laughs> like you, I'm super transparent. Yep. And they like that. But they do also like to see when somebody that they think is maybe like, ha you can just do whatever they want, like messes up. It's kind of nice, actually. Like, I get it. Like, phew, she's, <laughs> she's off the rails too but um yeah but secretly yeah I suppose it's like it's disturbing those that it bothers or triggers or or whatever but I think it's more interesting to follow the whole process of somebody through because I, I you know so I had people send me messages like I liked you before and it's like that's just rude actually like that's rude to me but I'm not also, I'm not following a creator that I feel invested in. So I don't really know what that's like to feel disappointed by somebody's social media message. Like I, I just, I'm not there. I never experienced that, but to be fair, I didn't have a community that I was leading at that time. Right. So I didn't have people that I was, you know, that I was talking to about like lifestyle approaches. And then I did something that was kind of outside of that. But I would say it like this, like I have people that come to my community, just like you do, that have all kinds of goals that I don't necessarily find in their best interest, you know, yeah, like yeah. goals, Ironman goals, like, you know, Tough Mudder, Spartans, like sometimes those goals don't line up with what they're telling me, right? They want to do these things. And I'm like, hey, look, well, I try to get them on the right path to making the right decisions that will lead them to a certain place. Because a lot of times when people come to us, they they have somewhere they want to be physique wise, or they want to, you know, look a certain way, be a certain way, but they don't necessarily understand how conflicting their goals are. Sure. You, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Build muscle my, and run a marathon, for example. So, yeah. Yeah. Help them figure that out. I see that right. as, because it's my job to create clarity and give them confidence, you know, that give they're vision. Going, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, it's okay, I think, for you to want to, if you want to go after bodybuilding, you should be able to. And no one should say anything to you because you as a coach, you would never say to somebody, well, 
that tough mutter shit is for the birds. Like, what are you thinking? Like, what's the difference in what somebody else wants to do and what you want to do? It's honestly, it's nobody else's business. And I understand, like, it's very, very enlightening to you and your community. I think it's cool, right? But no one should come at you for wanting to try something. If anything, this is going to make you a thousand times a better coach. Yeah, I, I th yeah, that's how I feel. That that was a, um, you know, it's like it's okay to show your body these days if you're you're out of shape and you're on a weight loss mission. But if you're already in shape and you want to get in better shape, it's like that's not okay. So this whole body positive thing is like not really actually because because it's it's like not okay to want to get in better shape if you're already in shape like that's that is hard for people to swallow like i liked you the way you were well okay like i'm still the same person i'm just kind of experimenting here or is it possible so, that you didn't like the way like again like not you in particular but in general isn't it okay to say that like i don't like who i am like i want to change who i am like i'm not happy with what i see and how i feel like, what's wrong with that? I'm glad you like me, right? But that's that's cool, but that doesn't help me sleep better at night. You know? Right, like, right. And we, we're we're the only ones who really know, like, the, the uh, little demons that get in there with our behavior. Like, you know, the things that I do that bother me about me, somebody else, that would be like, they, they'd love to have those problems, you know? But they're relative. For sure. Kendra, I can tell you right now, like this whole shoulder thing I got going on has totally impacted my mental health. And my oh, health. I bet. Uh, yeah. So today, like I'm driving my yeah. truck and like I can feel my love handles like on both sides of the truck seat. Like it sounds silly, right? People are like, it's not a big deal. It is to me. It is right? to you, right? not able to really dial my body in like I'm used to. So we all go through this shit, man. Every one of us, we all have those yeah. demons. We all have those demons. And I don't think yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, I always think it's interesting to tell somebody they're fine the way they are. Now I do have people where same, you know, who, who want to chase the last five pounds, they have str struggling to adhere. They're falling into some bad habits. So I might say, all right, let's forget it. Like we need to just focus on adherence and maintenance and that needs to be your goal. But yeah, I mean, listen, I guess for, for me, I, who knows? I may do, I may do another show. And if I do another show, I'll be as transparent as I was. And 
um, you know, I'll, I'll suffer the consequences and hopefully have a better experience on the back end. Cause I did have a, a tough time with some of those old, like bingey type behaviors and things that come, even though I knew better out of the, out of the, uh, you know, on the other side, um, that was a little scary and the downside, but I, but now I know how to coach somebody through that too. And I came out relatively unscathed. Like I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm not unrecognizable, which can happen to people after a show, you know, you're like, don't my, even, yeah. My last show in Kentucky, you know, I, I, I placed first in my division and yeah, on the way you did, I did, I did, but yeah. it was, it was a natural show, but I was, we were on the way home and on the way home, we stopped at Kroger's and I ate a entire, an entire dozen of glazed donuts from Kroger's. So like, these are the things that like, that is a problem. Like I, that is not healthy. Like that is the binging you're talking about. And like, yeah. it just goes, Oh, like that is not a normal behavior you know like we all have things to work through it's a it's a legit deal for all of us man it's a legit deal for all of us yeah well all right i'm gonna wrap us up i think I go ahead I, yeah question. i was gonna say yeah important for your team strong life community and for my community i know you're the interviewer but i think this is really important i want to hear from you like if somebody from team strong life or some stranger approached you and they're like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing a show. Like, what is your okay. advice? Like, do you, do you talk them off the ledge? Do you try to read them into it? And like, Hey, this is what the, what it's really like. What, what's your advice? Okay. I have somebody who has come to me and wants to do that. Okay. Real life scenario. She's not ready. Her physique is needs about two years of weightlifting. I mean, hardcore weightlifting. She's in her late forties. So we'd have to see where she ends up. And she probably could do okay for the first one, then would need an improvement season again. And then we could probably diet again. So we're looking at like a three to five year plan. That conversation alone, blows somebody's mind that just that just like they can't even wrap their brain around that um so if they would even do the type of uh strength training that would be required to get the kind of results and even tap into their ultimate potential a little bit we're going to be into our 50s and so i would be happy to coach that person in that way so i would never talk anybody out of it I would just assess and 99% of people won't do what they would need to do anyway to get that result. I have another person who I am here for it and I think she would do great. She's already lean and she's spent two years building and I think she would have the best time ever. And I, knowing what I know now, I could probably prep her through good mental health. We'd probably start with macros, move to a meal plan later. So like it is person to person dependent, but you have to have the ability to do that like physique review and then just give them the reality about what it would take. So I, I don't try to talk them out of it. I tell them my experience. And for some people, they're like, I think I can do it. And if you're crazy enough after you hear this and you hear my experience and, and Kenny's like aftermath, like Kenny tried to talk me out of it. 
And I was like, I want to, I don't want, you were like, you were like, dude, it's going to tank your hormone. Like you were like, it's going to, it's not good. It's not going to yeah, be good. Did I, did, I, did I try to talk you out of it? Or did I just say, Hey man, be careful. You at first you were like, I came to you being like, would, should I? And you were like, probably not. Like, I wasn't like, I'm doing it. If I had said I'm doing it, you wouldn't have been like, that's dumb. You were I just like, that for sure though. <laughs> yeah, but you might have, but you might have. But I was like, what do you think? And you were kind of like, no, man, I don't know. It's just, you're going to take such a hit. And I did. Yeah. I took a hit and I could feel it. And it's hard to describe unless you've been hit by the hormone destruction of a bodybuilding contest like i i feel it to be honest though kendra like you are that second person right like here's the thing like you have been and people overlook that so much like you have worked on your physique you have been an athlete your entire life like yeah. you might not have been focused on hypertrophy or building muscle the whole time but you had a good deal of muscle and you were in a spot you could do a show like immediately right like you were there already most yeah. people they just see you, you decided to do a show and like, they're like, well, I want to do a show too. It just doesn't work that way. So I actually, I love your answer on the, what you would do. That's awesome. What about you? No, I think I'm a lot like you. I, I, yeah. I always, I always try to talk to them about where they're at and what I think they need to do in order to get to where they need to be. And again, I, I think it's a TJ answer. It's an, it depends answer, right? Like mm. it depends on the person where they're at. And then I, like you, I think, I also try to think about how long I've been around this person, where they are emotionally, can they handle not just the physical, but the emotional part of this journey? Because I really do think that at the end of the day, like bodybuilding, executing the plan, the, like going to the gym and working out and the macros are the easy part. It's dealing with all the bullshit in your head. That's the hard part. I, I really so think that. You, I agree. And I think what you said is really important the food is the easy part. And so most people listening to that are thinking the food is the hardest part. And if you're already thinking the food is the hardest part, you're probably not ready for that type of diet and restriction because the food is the easy part. I mean, Kendra, like, honestly, in a, this sounds so stupid to say, and I'm sure people that hear this will be like, you're crazy, Kenny. Don't come for us. <laughs> don't don't come for me. Don't come for us. It's Kendra's podcast. Don't come for me. <laughs> don't, don't me. So, but, but seriously, I know I'm looking at my mic, which is not the camera. But listen, yeah. if you're gonna do a prep, embrace the fucking hunger. Embrace the fucking hunger. You're going to be hungry. Be ready for that. If you're gonna do this the right way, it's gonna suck. It's gonna right? suck embrace it like understand that you're doing something that most people won't do and it's going to be hard so if you decide to do it embrace the hunger don't bitch about it because that's going to be one of the hardest things to deal with i don't know about kendra but like towards the end it can be pretty brutal but i embraced it i loved it it was like i would walk around and be like that person's not doing what i'm doing that person's not that doing person's what I'm not doing. do totally totally right you know right gosh you you have a superior you are you are in your in your feelings about your own ability the 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 power it is it's such a strange empowerment it's so true you do you're like 
you won't, you wouldn't, you're not, I'm doing it. You know, it's all you can do. It's you have to do it to survive. <laughs> and let me explain this to you. Like this, this for me goes all the way back to my time in the army. One more story. You know, in the army, we love to do formation runs, which, you know, 40, 60, you know, sometimes five, 600 people in a formation running all at the same pace. Inevitably. So cool. Yeah. It is cool, but inevitably, there's always a few <laughs> Marys in the group, right? And I say Mary, but I'm talking about guys and girls that just can't seem to keep, keep pace. And I'm one of those people that, like, when that person starts to fall out of the formation and fall back, like, there's no encouragement. Like, I'm like, goodbye. See you. Thank you. I will take the rest of your energy. Thank you very much the power of watching you quit on yourself because I will never quit on me. Like that is, that is how like, I do feel that power when like yeah. I walk around, like, I'm yeah. impressed. I feel like I'm doing something that nobody else will do. I feel yes. that way. Yes. And actually for those of you guys listening who are working with us, you could take that same philosophy and put and apply that to your eight week challenge because that is what it is. Like you could, you, if you don't quit, know that you're among the minority. Because most people that start will quit. And I'd like to think if you start with me, you won't. But that's I can't control that. I, I Only you can hold yourself accountable. It's funny because Jack in, in uh, that whole like rasp thing, there's a thing where they tr they like literally like scream at kids like quit, quit. Because they want to see. It's like they're uplifted when somebody else quits. Because it's like, I didn't. Like, I didn't. I'm not quitting pretty cool take pride in that like if you're in team strong life you know like i'm not in your community so i don't see the post i don't see what happens in your community but i can almost guarantee that like when these challenges start initially it's like it's it's this big explosion of oh people. yeah same with yours right yeah of course. Like, oh i'm i'm changing my life this is it no more day ones like i'm gonna go get it like rah rah and then like by week four, it's like freaking, it's like crickets. 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 People <laughs> posting over and over again, right? And maybe one new person who actually made it, right? Be the one person. Be the Take, one. It, remember, quitting isn't failing. Quitting is making the choice to stop, right? Everybody fails. Mm. Are you going to get up and go again? Or are you actually going to quit? Like if you stop showing up and you quit, I can't help you. If you keep showing up and you're willing to make mistakes over and over again, I promise you we'll get better. I love that. We're going to, we're going to end on that. That's good. I liked your, your plea too, with the hat off plea. That was a, that was a plea, but <laughs> you're so right. It's so terrible. Like even, even like people at the, you know, working with me eight weeks, like you drop their macros and like, I'm hungry. And you're like, I'm sorry. Like, Eat, eat more and don't reach your goals. I mean, keep doing what you've or, been doing. Oh my God. So are you hungry? Well, look, hey, uh, look, Brian, um, how about <laughs> we don't eat those level one bars anymore and you have a fucking salad and a chicken breast. Like if right. you're hungry, let's make right. it. Right, right, right. <laughs> we we got to do another one about food choices. But oh, anyway, no. thank you guys. If you, if you didn't like it, you know what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. We will take five-star rating, share the show in the show notes. I have a little bit of a bio about Kenny. He's 
making himself crack up still. I have a little bit of a bio about Kenny, how you can get in touch with him too, how to connect with me on all platforms. What were you going to say? We got one more joke. Is it another story? Oh, I'm just laughing at myself right now. <laughs> just thinking to myself, like, all the ads I'm going to get from this. Oh, oh, I can't even... But um, yeah, so that's our take on bodybuilding. And, um, you know, if you guys want to hear two coaches just shooting the shit about that, that's all this was today. If you want to do a bodybuilding show, re-listen to this and then let us know. Never say never, right? Never. Okay. See you later. Peace out. Thanks for your time. Yeah. Bye, guys.